FMX Network Production. You cast me, I'll complete me till death do all part. What's up, guys? It's Alex Gray, and you're listening to the Pulp MX Wrap Up Show. That's all we need is more fake news, Pulp MX bullshit. It's quality, not quantity, all right, man? Welcome to the Pulp MX Wrap Up Show. This is Dark Side from the Moto X Pod Show. This is the number one wrap-up show in the moto industry, where each week, myself and a couple guests wrap up and discuss the good, the bad, and the janky in that week's Pulp Mech Show. But before we get started, I want to thank all the sponsors who've come on board. Guts Racing, Michelin Bicycle Tires, Seal Savers, and Motosport.com. I appreciate all the help and support from those great companies, so please use them and support them. Also, feel free to reach out with questions, comments, or critiques by emailing me, darkside at pulpmex.com. All right, let's wrap this thing up. A little late. I know. We had a little bit of a power problem, all right? I blame the uh, sheer volume of people trying to load in and get listening to the show at 5 o'clock as the reason why, all right? I'm obviously too cheap to buy the MXGP package. Basically told me that finishing third in the championship is like, oh, I went riding today. I can promise you it would have been much more of a catastrophe if that happened to me with a teammate. Every rider cross jumps. So he was saying, like, I don't know why Jeffrey raced me to the finish like that. <laughs> I have a thought on you being based in Charlotte. I'm not based in Charlotte, but okay. It annoys me that you always leave me out of your ads. You're like, A-Ray uses them. This person uses them. You never say me. It's very angry. It's upsetting. Kate Gleason using Firepower products. You can bring us an HRC deal. You're our guy. <laughs> you were garbage last year. Didn't look good, right? I mean, garbage is hard. No, 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 you were garbage. I don't like A-Ray not doing outdoors. Men race the outdoors. I mean, I've had a shitty haircut since 94. Dark side. Oh, we lost dark side. Dark side? We, we, he hung up or he He's gone. got involved in a horrible accident. I don't know. We'll see. I just have to play it by ear at this point. Life's just fucking changing. I'm getting old. That pony is going bye-bye. You're going to look so hot, dark side. What do we call the pony pod now or when he cuts it? I don't know. Call it the no pony I'm about pod? the Moto X pod show. The Moto oh. X pod show, yeah. That's not as fun, though, is it? it. Enjoy the ride. God, you guys. That is the line for O'Neal, right? Yeah, it is. Okay. (laughs) The fact that he keeps getting up is unbelievable. Darkseid called it, too. Ferrandis, Supercross champion. I have an Alex Ray clause in my contract for my practice bike. Yeah, it's janky radio, right? You should do your research more, Cade. He was working on his movie star status. Yep. I don't know, man. Took. Pretty much two broken wrists to freaking for him to beat me. You imagine how much worse A-Ray would be if he took two years off. And we're going to freaking clean each other out. It's just going to happen. Fuck A-Ray. I'll just get you your own room, man. You don't want to stay with A-Ray. <laughs> <laughs> I needed help. I had two chicks. The Yamaha built two times more solid. That's idiotic. Mm. Your motorcycle will never work 100% everywhere. They do not do that. The bike is made shitty. Because it was on your junk. <laughs> so is your chick's face. Oh. Kids that suck balls. Nah, Whatever because... the reason is, I don't give a fuck. API, bitches. No, no. Thank you. I'm done. All right, we're back. No need to worry. I'm back in the driver's seat of the Pulpamex wrap-up show. Obviously, I'm Dark Side from the Moto X pod show. Once again, a huge thanks to Trent and Nick over at the Moto Limited show for hosting two weeks ago. These guys did a pretty decent job. Uh, I mean, not as good as me, but they did all right. Thanks, Nick. Thanks, Trent. Trent did a little better job than Nick, I think. But uh, <laughs> uh, but tonight, we have a lot to get to. 
And we have an extra co-host in, so let me introduce him right now. First up, a sponsor of this wrap-up show, brought to you by Seal Savers, the owner of Seal Savers, Mr. Mason Mill, back on. What's up, Mason? Hey, Darkside. How's it going? It's going good, man. I'm excited. This is going to be fun. It's been a couple weeks since I got to do this, so I'm looking forward to it. Uh, Next up, another newbie this week, brought to you by Guts Racing, Mr. Colby Watterson. What's up, Colby? What's up, Doc? Sorry, how are you? I'm doing good, man. I know uh, this is your first podcast. You're a little nervous. Uh, Monday night on the Pulp Mech Show, I mentioned that your brother, Austin, was supposed to be on here. He is the mechanic for Max Volan, but uh, Roger and Ian kind of effed me down. Apparently, they came <laughs> in this morning with the, and said, hey, a bunch of 450 engines are showing up, and we got to work late. So Austin told me, hey, my brother's a fan of the show, and you were kind enough to jump on here. Yep, that's right. And I work for Recluse, so yep. I have a little bit of insider knowledge. Not much at all, but a little bit. <laughs> well, it's going to be fun. We're going to get it rolling here. Uh, and then my last and very much least guest from the Moto X Pod Show, brought to you by Michelin Bicycle Tires, my co-host, TJ Smith. What's up, dude? What's up, man? They had to bring me in. Nick and them did such a good job. I'm just here to... Um, Bring the show back up to Bring the level down. where you should have it. Bring it down. Oh, is that what it is? Yeah, so when we get to the Michelin uh, bicycle yeah. read, I want to ask you about, you've been racing some BMX. I you've have. got a set of the, the Randy yep. sent me some BMX tires. I and gave I you a set. Them. So we're going to talk to that. We're awesome. going to talk about that once we get to it. But this week, it's show number 480. Cade Clayson in studio. On the line, Lewis, Phil- Lewis Phillips, Chris Hymas, Jake Jellybean uh, Weimer. I don't know where that, I'm not really sure where Jellybean came from. I missed that somewhere, but uh, Alex Ray, Chris Kiefer, and myself all on the phone. Seth Rarick had to cancel last minute, uh, much like Austin did for us tonight. Uh, we lost a guest. Steve lost a guest. So we're right there. We're almost, TJ, we're right there in line with how the Pulp Show went, except we're not starting 30 minutes late because of technical difficulties with that janky ass Pulp MX show. I mean, I mean, you set the bar high with this studio here, so. I'm telling you. Uh, but anyway, I feel like we need to get into some things. I think we mimic the Pulp and Mix show sometimes here and there, but uh, hopefully we'll have no phone problems. Uh, so, Colby, I'm going to go to you first, man. This the show, episode 480. Cade Clayson is a co-host. What were your overall thoughts? How'd you feel about it? I really like the show, and I feel with Cade, he's a great co-host because him and Steve, they get into some of the best banter yeah. on the Pulp and Mix show because – I feel Cade brings a little more of the optimistic rider sense, and Steve just brings a straightforward, no, this is how it's going to be type, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Did you, well, I have my notes right here about this topic in general. Like, there was a little bit of tension, Colby, it felt like, between them on some of the topics, whether it be the Eli to- topic, uh, the amateur topic at the end, and then even Cade being a little bit butthurt that Steve never mentions him during, during the firepower read. Uh, did you feel any of that tension? I, I don't think, I assume you listened. You probably didn't watch the YouTube or Facebook feed. You could see a little bit of tension in the facial expressions. Did you notice it at all while listening? You know, I actually did because Steve kind of had the same tone in his voice when Randy was going and playing his own edits on oh, that's perfect. whatever show that was. That was after Glenn Helen last year. Yep. Yeah. The vet so, race. Yep. Yeah, that's about exactly the same thing. So I could tell just by listening that Steve was starting to get irritated. That's a bit. awesome, dude. People were saying that on uh, on YouTube, Mason. I was reading some of the comments, and they were saying Steve looks annoyed. Uh, there was one point where they said Cade was annoyed, uh, you know, but it, whatever. But how'd you feel about the show overall? How'd you feel about the dynamic between Cade and Steve? 
overall, the show is good. Um, the dynamic between Kate and Steve is always entertaining. I feel like, uh, like Colby said, it, you could definitely pick up on some of the tension, and it kind of went back and forth between the two of them. Yeah. Um, and obviously, I, we'll get into it a little bit more, but um, throughout the night, it seemed like one of them was annoyed with each other <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> throughout the entire thing. Sure thing. And TJ, uh, what do you think about Cade as a co-host? Right, I've really started to like a lot of these privateers coming in, like Justin Starling, Cade, like being in there by themselves. They, they, they understand the business. They understand the sport. They've got insider info. And they have, like, like Mason just said, they have a little bit different of opinion maybe than Steve does because it's coming from a different viewpoint. I dig. I think Cade was a great co-host. What would you think? I think the deal with Cade and some of these other privateers, they keep getting better because they get more comfortable there. You can think back when Cade was first on the show, it was a lot less opinion. I said less, less opinionated. Mm. But as he's been there, as he gets more comfortable around Steve, he starts bringing out his personality, yeah. and we get to see it more, and that makes the show better. Apparently, it takes a couple goes because I felt like my first appearance and my second appearance were about the same. Mm-hmm. But everybody's like, "No, you're more comfortable." So maybe that, maybe that's there's some truth to that. Yeah. All right, first guest of the night. That's who we're going to talk about first. Lewis Phillips from MX Vice uh, was on, and it was 2 a.m. local time. I don't know about you guys, but getting up at 2 a.m. to do a podcast isn't very appealing to me, but he's done it a couple shows in a row now. Uh, he's here to, he came on to discuss the GPs. Let's listen to just a mix of audio from that interview. To see the bullet get caught and passed must have been heartbreaking for you people, uh, but Roman Faber certainly rode pretty well. Yeah, um, you know KTM protested that win. What? Because if you if you watch the highlights, um, when Roman made that pass going into that corner, yeah. he was slightly on the inside of the yellow track markers. Realistically, Roman should have a twenty point lead right now. I strongly believe that. Like he's right. that, he's been that good. Yeah. But he's just given away so many points, and like Sunday should have been a one one for him, and mm-hmm. he should have a red plate right, right now. Geyser went from first to third. Was it like still after effects of this collarbone? I think it was just put down to starts because like, again, one line track, very narrow. No one did anything. Jeffrey was like properly, very uh, politically correct about it. Like, so Prado's got this reputation, like a lot of riders complain about him for cross jumping, blocking, blah, blah, blah. I feel like it's a very Euro thing. Like they all just cross jump the hell out of each other. Every rider cross jumps with Prado. That was... Not that cool. No. For sure. He said, like, he went, he said it was Prado's fault 100%. Right. But he just needs to learn from it, and he's only 20, and we forget how young he is, and all of that sort of stuff. So he was, like, he was actually quite cool with it. Like, he laughed it off. Wow. Prado rung him after the second moto in Germany and apologized. Like, he didn't take blame for it at all. Really? He didn't take Um, any blame? No. No? No, Zero. Zero (laughs) percent. That's pretty hard to believe if you watch that. It, it gets it gets it gets bolder. He had a lot of upsetting messages, and any fans who like commented on it, they think they know motocross, but they don't. So his reasons for it were he took a different rut, um, and he didn't really like it. It had a bit of a kink in it, and he didn't expect it, and all of that sort of normal stuff. Um, he said that you exited the track from the right side anyway, so when he shot off to the right, he thought. Ah, like convenient. This is. I'll just. Um, and then third, um, when so normally in a normal race, like there's a race for the win going into the last corner. Normally, the guy in second would make a like attempt in the last corner, realize they failed, and then kind of just cruise over the finish. Yeah, I feel like that's typical. So Prado says that he thought Jeffrey was going to do that. So he thought at that point Jeffrey was nowhere near him. 
and he had it won and he was like very happy and excited. Oh boy. So he was saying like, I don't know why Jeffrey raced me to the finish like that. <laughs> Mason, first things first. I- I've said on here a bunch of times, I think I love Lewis Phillips on the Pulp Show. I love his voice. It's hard to not be happy when you're listening to this guy talk. He has a huge passion for the GPs, knows everything there is to know about it. Uh, but do you think, do you like Lewis coming on? Like, I would love for him to be on every week for a GP update when there's a GP. Yeah, I think when there's a GP, it'd be good. Um, to be honest with you, because I know he's been on the last couple of weeks, um, it does, uh, honestly, I've kind of felt it's gone a little repetitive, but okay. that could be myself. No, that's cool. Um, I do like when he comes on. I like getting some of that GP inside because I don't personally uh, get a chance to pay attention too much when that season's going on. So I do like kind of keeping up with it. But I think because it's been a few weeks in a row, it has personally for me been a little bit of the same. Okay. All right. Fair enough. Colby, how about you, man? Um, actually, I want to change the question for you, Colby. With that audio, the stuff that Prado said that we got from uh, Lewis, like we probably wouldn't have heard that if Lewis didn't come on. We wouldn't have known that information. But I'm a little bit blown away that he didn't take credit or didn't take responsibility. And he was kind of like, why well, didn't I don't know why he raced me to the end. Like that was a really interesting <laughs> conversation or info. And it seems ludicrous almost. Yeah. Um, I mean, you got to take a little bit of blame for it. <laughs> you think? I mean, because I mean, and Jeffrey, you got to know Jeffrey, too. He's one of the hard nosed like no no bs attitude and he's going to race you every second that you're on the track from the start to the finish so when prado said that he thought he was just going to give up in the last turn that kind of had me for a loop yeah yeah it was it was like i said it felt ludicrous like why i mean i don't know anybody that would be like i'm going to back off in the last corner i didn't make the pass so it's over no i don't i don't see that at the professional level yeah exactly i mean you race up until the finish line, like yeah. anything can happen in the sport of motocross period. And to say that this guy's not going to crash or something in the last turn, or like we see over the last jump. I mean, so I think Prado's a little in the wrong there. I agree. I agree. But I really like Lewis Phillips, TJ. Uh, I don't know how much you follow the, the GPs. I know you're too cheap to pay for the package. Absolutely. Just like Kate is. Absolutely. But the, the information like what he said about Roman Favre, like he should almost be the points leader. I haven't really followed it this year either. So that was cool information. I was like, God, man, I need, I've got, I need to pay for the GP package and just go back and watch the races. Yeah. I was going to say, I need to even after steal my password. Yeah, exactly. I, I need to start paying attention to at least the race recaps because yeah. obviously there's a lot of racing going on there and his energy, I think is, is really good, but I don't listen to every single pulp show. So maybe because of that, I don't feel it's as repetitive. Well, you're you got to go. See you later. I, I said every one of them. I don't listen. I listen to some of them, but I'm I'm a busy man. Busy man. <laughs> okay. Anyway, go ahead. Sorry, but no, he's but but seriously, listening to him when he's on, I enjoy. Uh, yeah. So because I don't listen to all of them, it probably wouldn't get repetitive to me. Okay. Uh, hey, look, you guys know all about Michelin motorcycle tires. Michelin bicycle tires is on board with the wrap up show. I don't need to do the whole read. Uh, I. You've, I want, first of all, yeah, you got the BMX tires. Yes. You got a set of the BMX tires, the race tires. When Randy gave me a couple sets, yep. What do you think about them? How are they? They're really good. I was running another competitor's br- a tire, and the roll speed on these is really good. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a couple other couple other brands that don't make moto tires. They only make BMX. So, and they're like the 
I guess you call it industry standard at the time. Yeah, and yeah. Mission is going to dethrone them with this tire. The, the wow. cornering grip is really good, but the but the center line roll speed and its ability to like to pump, my ability to pump and I'm not that fast is actually better. I notice it just from a tire, so it makes a huge difference. That's good to hear. Yeah, I haven't really got to test them out yet because I haven't. I don't actually have a BMX race bike. Now you're park bike. I have a park bike and. They like to make fun of me for using that other brand that rhymes with Schmaxis. Yeah. But the the type of riding I do uses a 2.4-inch yeah. tire, and these BMX tires that Michelin makes, it's a totally different type of tire. But I do need to get a BMX racer so I can go or out you just and give show me you how that to do other it. pair of 20-inch. No, no, I'm going to get my own bike so oh. I can show you how to use it. But Michelin bicycle tires, are, are they're killing it, man. you got to go to bike.michelin.com, check out all the details on Michelin's extensive range of bicycle products, such as the E-Wild the Wild Enduro, the Jet XCR competition, and the Power Road tire. Depending on what kind of riding, they've got tires for everything. So bike.michelin.com. Thanks to Michelin Bicycle Tires for being on board. Uh, Chris Hymas was on. That's Chance Hymas's dad. Uh, not sure. I thought it was a little weird. Not weird, Mason, but just like, why didn't we get Chance? Why did we get Chris? But he had a ton of great information. Yeah, I thought it was a little weird we didn't get Chance too, but I also thoroughly enjoyed the interview with uh, Chris. I thought it was really cool listening to him talk about that process between the switch from um, Team Green to HRC. I really enjoyed that. Um, I also thought it was cool kind of getting a different perspective other than the rider, a little bit more behind-the-scenes stuff. Um, And I know Steve's not a big amateur guy, so I thought it was really cool that he brought in the parent of an amateur to get their take on it too. So I I really enjoyed the interview with Chris. Yeah, it was was good. I didn't pull any audio from it, Colby, but um, like touching on what Mason just said, uh, well, actually, I want to go to you on this one, TJ, because your son is a, a B or a rider now. He's pro yeah. rider. He's not at the level of chance by any means, but Chris's thoughts. He raced him this weekend. But, week. but yeah, but Chris's thoughts on the the decisions of a father in this business, you know, with his son being overwhelming. Like, I know again, you don't have the same yeah. opportunities, but you can see where it's come from. Like, you got to make good pick, good decisions. Uh, you know, sponsor choices. Who, yeah. who what bikes are you going to ride? And at that level that he's at. It was really cool to hear the stories or hear the opinions of Chris because, yeah, we don't get the, the parents on very often. Well, the reason why I think it was so good with Chris, knowing a little bit about the family, is they aren't your typical moto family. Like as far as like the, the top-level kids, we have a couple. The DeFrancesco's coming up. Their parents, his parents are amazing, the same way with Chris. And, um, I mean, we're, we're here to talk about what happens on Pulp, and Pulp is obviously following the footsteps of other great podcasts that talk to other ones, just, just the top riders. Are there other podcasts that have there's, talked there's, to riders' There's one parents? out there. I can't remember its name, yeah, but they do either. a lot of, like, mechanics. And, I think Berm Lords is one of their sponsors. I think so. <laughs> I think so. But, no, it, it's really TJ, cool. I think you're thinking of the Moto X pod show. That's it. Oh, that's the one, Mason. That is the one. Thank you. All right. Yeah, that's awesome. But anyway, Steve did a great job. I do like. Yes. I did like having him on. It couldn't have picked a better parent. For yeah, that. I was kind of like, eh, I don't really going into it, Colby. I wasn't that interested. I get for some reason I wasn't feeling it. But it was a great interview, and you know, like even him discussing, like leaving Team Green and having to talk to Ryan Holiday and how that went, like just all that stuff. There was a lot of good topics in that interview with Chris. Yeah, for sure. I think uh, him talking just how the Honda contract and whatnot came along. The yeah, Honda with rides. That was probably yeah, that was probably the coolest part of that interview for me. I agree with that. I like what what Chris said that you know when Lucas had been kind of talking to him for a while, 
And then this HRC thing started to come into play. And, and Chris was like, Hey, if you can bring us an HRC deal, you're our guy. Like that's, that's how it's done. It's like in the movies when people are looking for, you know, a, a, an actor is looking for a, a agent, you know, if you can get me this, this movie, you're our guy. Well, that's how it happened in real life. That's pretty cool. Yeah, exactly. And I miss being a kid from Idaho and, I being another kid from Idaho, I want to see him do it really well. That'd be cool. Oh yeah, good point. And I also thought it was cool, Mason. The the I think Cade brought up the fact that Chance has been doing a, did some works races, and his dad's response was like, you know, one of the things he said was he needs to learn how to suffer. Like that's the truth. We hear all these amateurs come on Pulpamex and talk about like I wasn't prepared for everybody to be that fast. Like you know, everybody's fast the the longer motos that you never get a break like it's a hundred percent effort for the entire moto and i think what chris is teaching is like yeah you gotta suffer like you can't there is no relaxation at this level yeah i thought it was really cool listening to the works and i mean we're actually at works races quite a bit with uh fuel savers so um it's pretty cool to see somebody at the level of someone like chance hymas who puts an emphasis on going to those types of races to suffer and things like that. And I think it kind of paid off for somebody like Ryan Stratt this year, the nationals who's been at the works races recently um, suffering and going through these two hour long races where they go into the nationals and go to a 30 minute moto. And I know kind of toward the end of the show where Steve and Cade got into arguments over these <laughs> amateur guys talking about 20 minute motos, it kind of, you know, contradicts exactly what Steve's saying where these amateur guys don't, have that uh you know um they're not necessarily used to those longer motos but somebody like chance is going to be used to an even longer moto than a 30 minuter absolutely you're right uh, it was a great interview so very very pleasantly happy after the interview with what came of it i was i was very thankful that steve got him on so good stuff uh i want to talk about Cade's feelings on eli to star yamaha blue crew everybody blue crew team blue crew right here what do you got t- you swing the mic over Oh, no, I'm ready for this one. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, okay, so two weeks ago, first of all, I want to bring up the fact that I said I don't think Eli is going to do as well. So, Cade, you must not have been listening that week, but that's all right. But let's listen to this real quick. Like, I haven't heard one person say, uh, I don't think this is a very good idea. You don't think it's a good idea? No. Why? Because I, he already has struggled in Supercross in the past to begin with, like not being his lead thing. And I don't think that bike is the best in supercross and i just i think it's gonna have too much power for the way he rides really yeah wow Kate coming in hot with some takes i don't i don't think it's gonna go great you think we're a little out to lunch i wouldn't say out to lunch okay. but i just feel like you guys are exaggerating the fact that you know he's for sure going to be equal or get better i haven't heard a single person say they 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 think He's not going to yeah. be as good in Supercross, which is I didn't say I didn't say that. I thought he'd be I just think he's gonna be the same. I do too. Yeah, but I don't think he's gonna be the same at all. He might be the same outdoors, mm-hmm. but I don't think he'll be the same in Supercross. I think he gets worse. That bike? I I, I mean <clears throat> worse than third in the series? There's a high probability, I would say. Mm-hmm. hmm Wow. I think I don't I don't think he's worse than third in the series. You think he wins a supercross yeah. this year? Okay. Wins so, a race? Absolutely. Yeah. I will take bets I will take bets on that, no problem. Yeah. Really? He, how many did he win this year? Two, three, two, yeah, two, and one was because of me. Oh boy! Whether the problems he was facing are real or perceived or whatever, to him they were real, and I don't think his heart was really all that in it this year. I really don't, and 
I think if he's motivated and feels like whatever this change is is going to be for the better, sometimes that's all all that matters. All right, TJ, you're raring to go. Yeah. First up, I don't. I, I didn't break it down nowhere near the way K did. It, but him, him not thinking that him thinking that Eli might not even win a race, that's a little farther than I was willing to go. But I love the I love the uh, difference of opinions, like we talked about earlier. Well, I think that he may be onto something. I liked his the way he's looking at it, the way he broke it down. The we have a lot of guys who are I mean AC other guys that they that they talk about throughout the show or whatever that are going to be even better. Um, Hopefully, yeah. And guys yeah. and the guys moving up for Randis getting better. I'm champion. Not a big. I, I just don't think that this bike. I, mean, I think the 250 is fast because in in that in that class that 250. It's not about my opinion. I think he is. Anyways, we can talk about mine later. But I think Cade is onto something. And he having, made good points. He's made very good yeah. points, and I agree with him. And, and Steve didn't seem to like those points. But Steve must not have listened to last week's show either. Whenever you also said kind of the same thing, I didn't call it such a hot take either. So I mean, Steve doesn't even listen to his own show. I guess <laughs> he's not paying attention when I was talking. Kobe, <laughs> <laughs> uh, what are your thoughts, man? You know, I don't really agree with Kate because okay. that that star team they were making huge strides towards the end of Supercross with Malcolm finishing on the podium. And Ferrandis, he was finishing top five, and he would have had a podium at the first Salt Lake, too, if Anderson would have ran him off the track uh, in, what, the second turn after the finish line jump? Mm-hmm. Okay. So, so, yeah, so you're I on the like... Steve ba- bandwagon on this one a little bit. Yeah, yeah. yeah. For uh, sure. Mason, is Kate out to lunch? Am I out to lunch? Is Well, I know TJ is, but what, what are your thoughts, man? I think you're definitely sitting down at the lunch table for sure. Um, I don't know how <laughs> far out to lunch you are. Um, I, I've, I've noticed Kate has a couple of takes that are a little out there at times. Uh, this one I don't necessarily agree with. Um, I think Eli's going to get some wins. He's definitely going to be on the podium. I agree with JT in the sense that he will be in the top three in points at the end of the year. Okay. I, 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 I'm not going to argue that. Uh Guts Racing. We all love Guts Racing. If you if you want to go fast, you got to have a Guts Racing seat. You got to get that grip. Established in 1990 as a premier off-highway seat manufacturing company, offering high-performance seat covers and foam for motocross, supercross, and off-road competition. If it's style and performance you want, you've come to the right place. Check out gutsracing.com for info on the many products offered, such as the Phantom Light seat foam. I'm going to have to hit up Andy Gregg pretty soon because I think I'm getting a new steed, and I need one of those... Guts racing seat covers on that thing there, TJ. Yeah, you, well, yeah. Well, <laughs> you keep swinging your mic away. I do because I just didn't want to make noise in the mic. But hey, I, I will say that my son did steal mine. Now that we are on the both the same brand of bikes, mm-hmm. I um, he went to a race this weekend and his new bikes didn't have the the gut seat cover. And he literally, I walked in the shop and my seat is missing. It must be at Ponco with him. <laughs> That's good <laughs> stuff there, Doc. All right, we had some breaking news on the Pulpit Show Monday night. Cade Clayson has signed a deal, Mason, to SGB Honda with his best friend, A-Ray. Let's listen first, and I think we probably will all have great opinions on this one. This this could be the greatest thing for Pulpum X show ever. Uh, I mean, if you just look at what went down last year between them and they weren't even on the same team. One of you will not be enjoying the ride. No. At some point. We already have plans to have a winners and losers trophy every weekend. Okay. Indoors and out. Indoors Indoors and out, out, man. I'm doing 29 races. Yeah. You were garbage last year. 
Didn't look good, right? I mean, garbage is hard. No, 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 you were garbage. Oh, you and A-Ray, just, I, this is going to be I get the I get terrific. the back of the tent, and he gets the front of the tent. And... This is going to be terrific. Yeah, it's going to be great. It all started from a privateer podcast we did it years did. ago. And, and, well, it started it, before that because yeah, we were friends. Yeah. But him and I have always talked about the idea of doing something together. Yeah. We need to get a, a vlog over there. Team vlog? Team vlog. Team vlog. I yeah. mean, there was like six vloggers in that pit That's last true. year. So. Yeah, they're, they're big on vloggers. They're big right, on the vloggers. Right, right. Yeah, I mean, those two guys, I mean, let's face it, they're going to run into each other at some point, right? I don't like A-Ray not doing outdoors. I think it's going to be very entertaining, oh, to say the least. This is going to be great. You know, I, I'm coming for redemption. You know, it, it took pretty much two broken wrists to freaking, for him to beat me. So, you imagine how much worse A-Ray would be if he took two years off. A lot of the Supercross rounds, he was pitted, like, across the way from me. Yep. You know what I mean? Like, So we would both come back. Either I would be pissed or he would be pissed. I would be happy. He would be mad. Like, if I was mad, he, he would, like, look over the semi, and I'd just middle finger it in that motherfucker. You know what I mean? <laughs> Every time. And it was, just, it was the same way with him. This year, I'd, we're going to be right next to each other, so I'm sure we're going to be exchanging words every now and then because I'm sure he's going to get in my way in qualifying. I'm sure I'm going to get in his way in qualifying, and we're going to freaking clean each other out. It's just going to happen. So The best was when in Salt Lake, when I was so mad at you, you came over to our rig because you could hear me yelling fuck A-Ray so loud <laughs> because I slammed my helmet down on the table because I was so mad at you. Oh, did you die? No. Okay. <laughs> uh, just, you know, watch that leg because I'm coming up the inside, dude, and I ain't going to freaking let off. And I'm probably going to have to owe the team like three radiators for your bike. So. Yep. <laughs> That's great. Uh, oh, Kobe, I got laughed hard buddy night, and I'm laughing again right now. That I, I totally agree. We need cameras on those two at all times in the pits, but this is going to be this is going to be good. There's going to be good content weekly on Pulp Mix from this team uh, coming together like this. Oh, for sure. I think uh, SGB should start a vlog just that team. The team vlog to get a spotlight. Yeah, on those two every week. Yeah, it's going to be. What so, do you What do you think about like? Okay, two guys that really are good friends. We've seen them like at Dallas last year have issues. You know, Daytona, I think it was a couple of years ago. Uh, tons of tons of run-ins, but they always seem to be cool with it afterwards, right? They're, they stay buddies. How difficult do you think it's going to be to stay friendly this year, Colby? I think very because those two, even when A Ray was dancing on the start straight after he put Clayson off the track, oh yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, that's going to be a little harder to explain when they're in the same truck after the race. Yeah, I didn't like that. I agree with that. Mason, how about you, man? Do you think uh you think this thing stays entertaining and fun or does it get ugly? Uh, I think it'll be entertaining and fun for us. I think it'll get ugly for them and on the team, and okay. I can't wait to see it. I think TJ halfway through the season, wherever the halfway point is, no matter how these results go, A Ray and Kate have got to be in studio guests at the same time. I, I agree with that. I and listening to him on the on the deal, I was sitting there thinking, how long is it going to be before A Ray just winds up being team manager? Oh yeah, right. I think there were some <laughs> discussions of that. Maybe he's definitely <laughs> joked about it. That would be <laughs> how about A or Kate saying there's like a, a A Ray clause in my contract? Oh, yes. I only get a certain number how, of. Parts. How did that not get brought up during A Ray being on the show? Yeah, that, I don't yeah. know, but that was great. This thing is entertaining. Those guys are awesome together. 
uh, the, the jokes back and forth. I wish when A-Ray said uh, he's going to get in my way in practice, I wish he hadn't followed it up with and I'm going to get in his way. Like, he should have just put it on K. Just put it, yeah, yeah, exactly. That's, that exactly. would have been better, but it, it was good stuff. Almost my favorite moment of the show, but we hadn't got to that yet. We're going to get to it. Uh, the FaceTime audio, though, sucked. Even yes. with me, I don't know what that was because normally it's pretty good. Yeah. Just Steve's unfortunately having a lot of technical difficulties with the new studio. He's because he's, it's hard for him to afford the new studio stuff, moving it, and yeah. the house payment. Yeah. How about how about JT coming on with like we just signed a two year deal with you sponsoring the show? Yeah. Did the check or I think something like did the payment not come through? Is that why the building paid JT on point? But um. All right, FaceTime audio. I talked about that. Colby, I want to get to you a little bit. Um, you're a new guest. You've never done this before. Your brother told me, Austin told me, you know, you're a longtime Pulp fan. So how did you, I always like to ask the first timers, like, how did you discover Pulp? Where did, when did you find it? Well, you know, I was just scrolling through my podcast one day and being a motocross fan, I just typed that into the podcast list and Pulp came up. And I've been listening for as long as I can remember, really. So how many years would you say? Uh, probably four. Okay. All right. Yeah. So not a little bit shorter than me, but yeah. All right. Yeah, it's good stuff, man. And what so I, I told you, I was going to ask you some questions. Who is your favorite co-host or a co-host that you, you know, like to see? Who's your favorite co-host? I like the duo of RV and Jake and Coke. Okay, okay, I see that one. I didn't like that last show with those guys because I felt like they went a little too far. But you're one of the one. It was that was a show that it was either you loved it or you hated it. There was nobody that was like that ah, was okay. Yeah, they were just uh, towards the end. They were getting a little tuned up and pretty much just screaming and yelling at each other. So and did you it was like a little that? Hard to listen to. Okay, yeah, it was a little hard to listen to, but it was still pretty funny. It made my work night go by a lot faster. And do you listen while you're at work? I guess, like I said, you work at the night shift at Recluse. What do you do at Recluse in, in the, during the night? Well, I started off just deburring parts uh, as a starter position, but now I've worked myself up to running wedge machines on CNCs. Oh, cool. Okay. Right on. So you just listen, like you listen to in headphones while you're working? Yep. I just Bitching. throw on the old beats and turn on the Pulp MX every night. That's what it's all about, Mason, right? Exactly. We were listening to it on our way out here to the uh, UTV World Championships. Yeah, you, you guys, Still Savers does a lot of stuff with UTVs, doesn't it? I mean, that's a big, big part of your business. Yeah, our uh, coil savers and CV savers have been doing very well for us, and they work really, really well on side-by-sides and UTVs. Fantastic. Yeah, if you guys have – well, we're going to get to the Seal Savers read in a minute, but if you don't like replacing fork seals, leaky fork seals, you got to hit up sealsavers.com. Uh, but back to A-Ray and Cade. TJ, always good for stories. We heard a little bit with him talking. Cade brought up an overseas race, and I think the promoter, or him asking if he could just stay with A-Ray. Let's listen to it. I'll just get you your own room, man. You don't want to stay with A-Ray. <laughs> <laughs> and sure enough, Finland was Bubba, Paul, Bubba Pauly was sleeping in the hallway. Oh, you, you actually kicked Bubba out of the room? No, he just went out on his own. I, I mean, I told him he could stay, but... He told him he could I needed, join. I needed help. I needed help. I had two chicks. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Yeah, I was getting yeah. I was getting live updates whatever time of the day it was. TJ, I think A1, I might skip the pulp live show and the haircut and go hang out with A-Ray. 
Bro, as like a man who's been married since he's 18, I've never had issues where I've had to run in. Like, I got two chicks to deal with. I am obviously not that good looking of a man. Well, you're definitely not. <laughs> but uh, Mason, and how he's like, I told him he could stay. Like, <laughs> I needed help. Yeah. Classic. I, I, I'm with TJ. I, I can't really relate, but right. um, it, it was uh, definitely entertaining to say the least. Well, we can live a little vicariously through A Ray and his, his tender stories. Uh, what about you, Colby? What you're young, right? How old are you? I'm 21. Okay, so I'm assuming you're not married. Can you can you relate to the A Ray stories? Uh, not really. <laughs> A Ray's a little wild for me. A little wild for you, yeah. I think he's a little wild for most people. But we listen to Pulp for entertainment value, and that's what we're getting. We're getting stories. <laughs> we all I always oh, repetitively say Pulp Mex very much like the Howard Stern uh, in the moto uh, moto world. And A-Ray is, fits right in with a stern type of mentality. Uh, and Cade mentioned TJ, talk, speaking of being married, his wife Sarah, not super stoked when he has to stay with A-Ray. Not even super stoked that he's on the same team as A-Ray. Sarah, Sarah's a tough chick. I can, like I said, definitely relate that I don't, do not think that my wife would be okay. And after that story, I don't know if I'd be okay with her hanging out with A-Ray. So, I mean. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Yeah, and, and another, just talking about chicks, I want to bring up in another, I think when I was on, um, Chris Kiefer said something about, I mentioned Carnow, Logan Carnow, and Kiefer was like, hey, I want to know what's up with his ex-chick. Funny enough, she texted me yesterday, heard I was talked about on the show again, so she's like, why, why did Kate say I was wild? And I was like, well, I don't know, I guess he just assumes you're wild? She was a little surprised by that, so yeah, Amanda, uh, if you get word of this, she she hears when Kiefer brings, uh, brings Amanda up. You guys go follow Amanda Hack on Instagram. She's pretty cool. Um, all right. My favorite segment, my favorite caller call of this particular show was a guy that you just mentioned, Colby, Jake Jellybean Weimer. One of probably now one of my top five guests of all time, although I do like him better when he's not with RV. Um, he's been working with Chance Hymas. He had some pretty cool things to say, Colby. You know, kids need to uh, love it, love the sport. They need to love doing it. And I like kind of he gave us the information that Chris is not like telling him you got to go work out, you got to go ride, you got to go do this. Like Chris, Chance actually wants to do it. Uh, what do you think of Jake Weimer, Colby? I thought Jake was great. Um, he seemed really relaxed, especially you know not being with RV. He could actually speak his mind and not have RV interrupt him every second. But yeah, Jake, uh, he. He'll be great for Chance, really, because Chance, he's an amazing rider. Um, first time I saw him was in Rupert, Idaho, actually, in 2017 when he was on a Super Mini. And with him loving the sport and wanting to do the work every single day, that's going to help him immensely. I think so, too. I think Jake Mason is a really good fit to help riders out. I like that a lot of these ex riders do that, you know. We get to they, they stay involved in the sport. They say stay relevant. Uh, we can still hear the new information when they come on pulp. And Jake just has such a great relationship with Steve, where they almost it's like a love hate. They love to kind of mess with each other and bust on each other. Like Jake's always good. Yeah, Jake's always really really good. Um, I was kind of hoping. I, I know it didn't really work out as far as timing, but I thought it would have been really cool if Jake and Chris were on at the same time, talking about chance and kind of going back and forth together. Um, but I really enjoyed Jake's interview with Steve, and I thought it was really fun, really entertaining to listen to. Um, I definitely agree with you guys that it was better without <laughs> a couple of cores like Steve RV. But yep. um, yeah, I thought Jake was great. Yeah, TJ, there's something with Jake's 
like his speech pattern, he has those pauses in between. Like sometimes people get mad, especially when he's drinking a lot, the pauses get really long and it gets almost annoying. But when he's not like, he's thinking about something and he's kind of giggling before he talks. And like his speech pattern when he's sober really makes me laugh. Like I was laughing, even if the, the topic wasn't funny, I'm laughing at just Jake's personality. Yeah, when you, when he's on the show, you think, I wish we could have got more of Jake as he was racing. Yeah. I think we missed out because his heyday, I put a heyday up in, in quotations, is when he was a top, top rider, there wasn't the podcast. There wasn't as much social media, per se. I think we were, yeah. we're all less... What do you, well, we, we missed, all missed out, out on some personalities. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Even like RV, again, when RV's sober... To me, he's very, very funny. He's he's a smart ass. He's yeah. cocky, but he does it in a sort of joking way. And, and like, if we could have had that on podcast all through his career, yeah. although we know he was very serious when he was racing, but if we could have gotten that, man, there's so much, so much entertainment missed out on. Right. But yeah, good point. Um, the best part of the Weimer interview, though, Mason, in my opinion, was him talking about the businesses with RV. There's lots of yeah. business. Uh... Lots of business potentials going on with you two. But now he's playing guitar or he's learning how to play guitar and then he was doing some stunt work and then he's still doing construction? I I think he's taking a break from construction. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) He was working on his movie star status. Yep. yep. And that's when these talks started coming up. But then I got a random text that he has guitar lessons. (laughs) And I haven't heard anything about our business venture since. <laughs> he can't stick with anything, and he thinks that this – he truly thinks he's going to be able to figure this one out. And I'm like, dude, yeah, you that s- is probably the h- hardest thing you've picked up that you think you're going to learn. I don't remember the words he used, but I, I think I have a future here. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. He's like, yeah, dude, he told me, like – this is what he told me. He says – my instructor tells me that in two months I'm going to be playing songs from the radio. I'm like, I'm like, he was super into, he was doing flight lessons and everything, like flying planes, and yep. he wanted to get his license. And I'm like, all right, yeah, like that makes sense. I get it. Like he's yeah. sending me planes he's going to buy, and I'm looking at him like, all right, cool, yeah, all right, yeah. Yep, yep. And then he calls me one day and he's like, I'm like, what, have you been flying? Or And he's like, no, I, I kind of stopped or whatever he said. And I'm like, well, what happened there? And he's like, he goes, I don't know if I can pass the written test. <laughs> 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 about this whole idea about him starting this, this ranch and he wants to have a Western town. And he starts yeah. it off by saying, this is how he started off. He goes, I want to have the church like the church at one end of, you know, like Main Street. Yeah. And then across the street is the brothel. And I'm like, wait, (laughs) (laughs) so you, you want a church at the end with the bell and the whole deal. And then the next words out of his mouth was then like, yeah, you know, you'll, you'll have a brothel over here. And he's like, you know, they're all makeshift buildings with basically a bedroom and a bathroom for all the homies to sleep in. But I'm just like, wow, man, you're off in left field. Mason, I, I don't even know how to wrap all that up hardly. That's just a lot of ADHD for RV, I guess. But, God, to hang out with 
that group of people, like if you could just hang out with those guys for a few hours, I don't know that you'd be able to stop laughing. Yeah, I mean, I was just laughing listening to what they're talking about from the guitar. I thought the guitar part about Ryan has a, a future and playing songs on the radio, and I just started envisioning him playing the guitar in the church band, and then later that night playing down over at the brothel. And right. I, I, I don't know. I, I think it's funny. I think it's great. Um, I'm really interested to see what what comes of all this. I, I am too. I don't know that anything's going to come of any of it. Maybe the podcast. I don't know that I want that podcast to happen. Uh, that'd be a pretty popular one for a little while, I think. But Kobe, is, is that going to be is that going to be something associated with Pulp that two twelve or twelve two or whatever? Like I hope not. Um, podcast. I don't know, uh, Mason. I don't know. I don't. I don't think. I don't believe, and I think Steve touched on this, and I know they touched on it a little bit. I don't remember who it was, but I don't believe for a second RV will have the. Uh, there's no way they're going to lock him down. They're not going to have him locked down to do a podcast on a regular basis. There's no way. Right. It is a lot of work. Kobe, um, good, just, I don't know, good stories. He's all over the place. I'm sure he's saying, RV's probably like, uh, you know, I'm the best retired motocross rider, guitar player ever, the greatest. What was that? I would think that RV would say like I'm the best guitar player, uh, you know, ex ex motocross rider, guitar player. Oh yeah, yeah he thinks With he's the best at everything the he does. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah, the mindset of RV, he's the greatest. Yeah. Anything he does. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's just it's so great though hearing this, like hearing Jake talk about RV, right? And I, if it was reversed, RV would probably be. Uh, a little different. He'd probably be a little harsher on, on Jake, but it's just, I don't know. It was great. I was laughing through the whole thing. It was absolutely my favorite moment of the show. I think Jake's Jake needs to be on more often in my opinion, but uh, let's, let's move on real quick. Mason, did you have something TJ? Okay. Uh, Mason, tell me about still savers, man. Tell me about your business. Tell me what you guys are doing. What's going on for 22. Hopefully we get you locked down for another year here on the wrap up show. Well, uh, yeah, I think you can count us in for another year on the Pulp Wrap-Up Show for sure. Um, since 1999, we've been around with uh, the ultimate protection for motorcycle fork seals. About a couple years ago, we started releasing products for side-by-sides and four-wheel stuff. I'm actually out in Lake Havasu, Arizona at the moment for the UTV World Championships. I've got a booth out here, and I'm actually racing it as well. Um, so the side-by-side side of our business has been doing very well, but the motocross side obviously has uh, been a staple for 22 years now yeah the the side by side racing has gotten very popular here in texas is that pretty much you've seen that all over the country yeah i know there's a couple different series out in texas that yeah. have been doing very well and kind of growing uh very rapidly um i'm kind of based in that southern california area where yeah. it's a lot of desert racing uh the work series is out in this area as well so uh we've got a ton of riding ton of racing all kinds of different things um across the country, internationally, all kinds of different things. So it's, it's been really fun to see the side-by-side uh, industry, I guess, grow and expand into all kinds of different things. So it's been a, a big uh, part of our business and fun to be a part of, for sure. Awesome. Yeah, like, again, guys, if you're like a weekend warrior especially, dude, these things are awesome. You just they're, they're very easy to apply. They go around your fork seals and your forks. They keep dust and mud out, which is what does the damage to the fork seals. It's what makes your fork seals leak. And if you're, you know, especially somebody like me that's on a budget, you don't want to have to change your fork seals every couple months or whatever. These these seal savers, just they save your seals. That's Obviously, that's where the name comes from. 
Uh, it's a very simple application, and you can use Pulp 25 to save 25% at sealsavers.com. So thanks again, Mason, for being a part of this. I mean, you could go, you, you can actually, I've done it before with these with these products where you put it on one fork and not the other. Oh, yeah, and see the difference? Yeah. See the di- and it's a night and day difference. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah I mean, I'm a big proponent of those th- those protecting the fork seals because it does make a huge difference, and you don't have to Saves clean money. Yeah, you just have to clean your so pork simple. seals all the time. TJ, you've been on here once or twice in the past. Yep. Have I ever asked you your history of listening to Pulp? Uh, yeah, I mean, I've listened to it, like, I want to say, it's every bit of like six, maybe like towards the beginning. Okay. And I listened when I first started listening to it. It was it was just mainly just Steve and um, Watson and Watson. Yeah. So, so a couple uh, last year, whatever it was, when I was in studio the first time, and you Steve would not allow you to come in studio mm-hmm. uh, because he doesn't know you, and you are a weird dude. I am. Um, how, how upset were you? Okay, disappointed. I disappointed. I, I wasn't at all until they just let some rando dude because it was supposedly his birthday, and at that point in time, yeah, it was it was, who, it was somebody else's friend. I don't even remember who now. It, it wasn't. No, it was a dude that messaged him. Oh, that's on, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And I, I literally didn't listen to Pulp for like three months. <laughs> I was I, I was butthurt. I was crying like a little child. Yeah, yeah. Well, maybe maybe. One of these days, he'll allow you to come in studio. But um, and I've sat around and talked to the dude at Supercrosses in the media stuff. Anyway, that right, I'm done. Right. I'm over so it. yeah, well, hopefully it'll be like with that. What do you if you were to go in studio? What do you think the coolest thing would be? Like I know you're a big technical guy. Yeah. Everything we do here, all the audio, all the technical side, you've taught me. You learned how to do all this shit by watching YouTube to start the Moto X Pod Show long before I was part of it. Yeah. So I would think that like. You'd almost want to hover That's over exactly marks. What I was say. I'd like to just sit over there and watch them actually do the work behind it to see exactly where I'm screwing up. Yeah, and see how it's actually <laughs> supposed to be done. Yeah, exactly. Fair enough. How about you, Mason? You haven't been in studio yet. You think uh, you'd want to? You'd want to do that? Yeah, I think being in studio would be really cool for me. I wouldn't necessarily be as interested as in the technical stuff as I would be in some of the memorabilia. Oh yeah, I know. Like on the YouTube stream, you can see some of the stuff. I think that would be really cool to see and. Uh, kind of get some of the stories of how he acquired some of that stuff would be really neat. Very cool. Colby, you, um, what would be the coolest thing for you to think if you could sit in studio? I'm right there with Mason. The memorabilia would be by far the coolest thing. Looking at all the jerseys and the Stu Red Bull helmet for sure. That thing's awesome. Oh, I know. I, I uh, joked about stealing that when I was in studio because my, my bag, my suitcase was a – Helmet formula bag. helmet bag. I was like, oh, it'll fit just perfect inside there. I'll just leave my, my clothes here. <laughs> but uh, yeah, yep. I think Steve would probably hunt me down and kill me for that, though. Uh, okay. <laughs> Race Tech Rant, typically my favorite segment. It's uh, something that I enjoy almost every week. Pulp 21 to save. Let's listen. Uh, this is from uh, a guy named Taz. Subject, E.T. leaving Cowie. The real reason. Is the- your rant... This dude's email, or is your rant how stupid this guy is? Tomac pushing a seized-up machine in mid-moto was an issue that never got a good fix. Less than 100% mental confidence going behind the starting gate. It was way too much Tomac for that bike. Where do these people come from, Okay, Like, I understand being a fan of the sport and having an opinion from the outside. I mean, I feel like other, like other people on your show have said that the bike let him down and he didn't have total confidence in it anymore. Bikes were breaking left and right, mm-hmm. and Eli's was one of them. Mm-hmm. It happened. You can't ride a bike the way he rides a bike in the mud. Taz doesn't know. He has an opinion, sure. Yes. And he can have thoughts about a factory bike letting him down. Why do we ignore the three outdoor titles and the one Supercross title that Kawasaki delivered him? I mean, people have said that. 
that he, he lost confidence in the motorcycle, and that's why he left. Okay, that's fine, but that doesn't make it the truth. Eli's going to believe because he doesn't trust the motorcycle anymore. He doesn't think it'll make it through two mud motors. No, no, no. That is not why he left. I, I know no, that, well, but yeah, that is that, what yeah, Taz that's thinks. What I'm say- but that's, that's idiotic. Mm. Your motorcycle will never work 100% everywhere. They do not do that. But can we just be smarter fans? Is that possible? I feel like you're shitting on the man for having an opinion on what he thinks. You can have an opinion. Just make it fucking reasonable, Cade. I want our listeners to be educated fans. That's all I want. I don't want disability island people. The bike breaks. The bike is not made for Eli. That's what the man is saying. The man is saying, you know, not that the bike doesn't handle for Eli or all that stuff that is subject to an opinion. He's saying the bike is made shitty. I don't think that's what he's saying. Oh, my God. I think he's. If just only saying. these two guys were paying attention, <laughs> they, they could help me out. I'm not talking anymore. All right, TJ, you first, man. This is where some of the tension started. Really, um, the first really big segment where there was some tension. Yeah, Kate didn't back down. Kate stuck by why, with what he believed, his opinion. I, I don't totally disagree with some of the things he said. And Steve's just like, oh my god, and he quit talking. And even when they came back from break or the commercial break, like he, like Kate almost kind of opened the show coming back in. Steve was pretty pretty irritated. It was great. Well, I would say that the there was some carrots hovering around on the screen. On YouTube, if anybody yeah. watching it was yep. pretty funny. But I mean, Steve has his own opinions that some political things that uh, most people would think that he has carrots in his ears. So, and you just got yourself. No, 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 no. I'm saying I'm not saying I do. I'm saying uh, other people think that. So, oh, other people. Look, what I'm trying to get at is people have their opinions that they don't agree with. Yeah. And it's funny to me because he just has the platform to tell everybody <laughs> that they have carrots in their ear. I but I like that Kate stuck by stuck yes. to his guns. I liked it. Uh, Mason, how about you, man? That was that was good stuff. It's always good. The race tech rant is always mm-hmm. almost always the best part of the show for me. Yeah, I really enjoyed the race tech rant. I kept kind of waiting for it to build, and it kind of took a little bit to get to that point yeah, where he was yeah. actually fired up. And I know that they kind of got into it more talking about amateurs, but. Uh, this rant was really good, and unfortunately, not all of Steve's listeners can be as educated and informed as he is. So, <laughs> very um, true. He's got to cut. He's got to cut him a little bit of slack here and there. Yeah, Kobe. I was about to uh, actually say that. Like, it's it's not everybody. Just not everybody that watches the sports is that educated. And I kind of wondered, Kobe, if like this listener or the emailer was serious or knows the show well enough how to push some buttons. Yeah, me too. Because. Maybe he knows how Steve operates or better than no one else. Yeah. Or, or, or he was joking because there's a lot of people that go into just one dirt bike, you know, that Tomac will race. So that is completely ludicrous to say that no one knows how to work on this bike or develop this bike. So I'm right there with Steve. Yeah. Like I, I think Steve had some really good points. But then some things maybe he was a little bit off on, and same with Cade. Like there's sort of a happy medium to, to a degree. But yeah. I like that Cade was like, "Look, this guy has an opinion. And you're shitting on his opinion. Like everybody's entitled to an opinion. This is what the guy, you know. It, regardless of any of it, though, the fact that the email got sent once again, good content. And Steve yeah. reading yeah. it, even though he disagreed with it, yeah, 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 great, great stuff. So I also have a small rant, TJ. Um, listen. Steve has been known for getting on a guest for being on their phones, for watching the TV, hitting their mics, all kinds of things that disrupt the show, right? right. So during A-Ray and Cade, we get this. 
I don't want to interrupt the show, but I have to make a mention at this moment. I just won the fantasy football matchup against Daniel Blair with that touchdown and beat him by like two points. Colby, what the hell does that have to do with the motocross stuff? Nothing. I just want to hear the motocross stuff. That, <laughs> that's it. Mason, Mason, that's like, if that had been Cade, oh, I just won fantasy. Stevie, like, that's great. You want to focus on the show? Yeah, but it, I, at the end of the day, it is Steve's show. Oh, I know. Um, so I, I think he can obviously get away with it. And as a uh, fellow fantasy football <laughs> player, I can understand the uh, the joy of beating a good buddy of yours. So of course, I, of I, course. Yeah, I actually had zero issue with it other than the fact that if it had been anybody else, he would have probably come unglued. Uh, and yeah, he's definitely like, you'll see him on his phone, obviously, but he's texting guests and stuff. But then he's also watching TV, especially when hockey's on. But if anybody else does it, it's not okay. He, he, he doesn't like losing control. We actually had that discussion off air when I was in studio. Like, you know, just like uh, Kobe mentioned earlier when Randy was on. Yeah, he lost in. control. Yeah, there was a couple times in the last year or so where certain little things happen and he starts to lose control and and i get that like i you you get a little you you have a plan of how things are going and then somebody screws that up so like not you you do with our show all the time when you when you screw our show up so uh (laughs) all right last big quote-unquote show topic the pony for a new bike discussion um can you even be a part of wrapping this part up i don't have to be i mean you guys (laughs) you can you can run with it let's listen to the audio i have and then we'll see where it goes I'm going to give him a cut that I would like, right? So I don't think I'm going to give him a mohawk or anything like that. I just want him to look presentable when he goes to these post-race interviews, you know? How hard did you think about this before you gave us your Still decision? Still thinking about it. I'm not sold yet. I don't, I don't even know what I'm going to get. But I like the idea of on a live show. At a race. We yeah. have a barber. Okay. And he's cutting it in the background, giving, you know, giving dark side the, the, the cut of choice. While we carry on our live show. You have to fly Darkseid to the event to, Easy on to be on the live show. You, you guys act like he's not getting anything out of this. Like he's cutting his hair. Yeah, big for, deal. He wants you to cut the pony to help your lifestyle. People that don't know Darkseid have a pre-notion about Darkseid, right? What if he does this, gets the haircut, and then like his life changes? Now, now he's got to, you know... Thank, thank us. You hear that, Dark Side? We got people on snowboard saying kidneys and toes. Oh, yeah. Trust me. I've been getting those for two weeks. Oh, okay. Um, all right. <laughs> so I'm watching Dark Side because we're on FaceTime, and there's not one fucking time this guy is smiling. No, he's, <laughs> he, is, he is angry. He is angry. You're going to look so hot, Dark Side. I want this guy to ride his dirt bike. I want him to have a good time. I'm going to keep the pony. I, so I'm going to cut the pony myself. And then I'm going to hold it with me the whole show. <laughs> and then I'm going to put it in a glass jar sealed and put it up on my mantle in my house. Oh, no, he's complaining, Kate, about God, this. God, like, <laughs> I, you can't get this guy happy. No, fuck you. I said, <laughs> look, man, I've been kick-starting bikes for years. I want to e-start. But I'm not complaining. I'm stoked. You're going to look so hot, Dark Side. So, Mason, listening to that and listening, look, we'll start towards the end there where um, – Obviously, Robin looks so hot. Yeah, well, Dark Side was like complaining about getting a free bike. Like, where do you stand on this? Just get, even getting the offer. Uh, I think the offer is really cool. Um, I think he's in a tough spot. That's a tough decision to make. Uh, Dark Side and I were kind of texting briefly back and forth. Uh, my dad Marty 
uh, the owner of Steel Savers, he's uh, a fellow long hair haver, and he was pretty adamant that Darkside did not cut it. Um, but him and I were kind of bantering back and forth listening to the show, and I'm like, man, it's a free bike. you got to take him up on that. But I think what would be a really fun twist in this life swap between Steve and Kiefer that's coming up is if Kiefer had to wear the pony somehow or had to have some kind of long hair during the, uh, the life swap week. All right, Kobe, you hear that. It brings me to my next point about Kiefer wanting to keep the pony. And we have a group message with a bunch of buddies, and I was putting on there how like, like Darkside's going to have to know that Kiefer's going to be there in the house every now and then just running his fingers through the hair. And, and I mean, that's got to be creepy, huh? Oh, for sure. And, you know, Kiefer, as soon as he gets home, he's just going to sit there and stare at it for a couple minutes to know that he did a job well done. <laughs> so... So Mason, he's also bringing up some things like he wants to pick the barber. He wants to do all this. Like, what, where do you stand on the idea of of basically giving up complete control and not even knowing what bike he's going to get before he has to make the choice? I think it makes it even tougher. I think it's going to take uh, a lot of courage on Dark Side side to trust Chris Kiefer in the sense that he's going to have a good barber, a good haircut, and every a good motorcycle even lined up for him. Um, I think there's a lot of trust in Kiefer coming from Dark Side, and I hope he's right. All right, Dark Side, you you obviously have a point to say here. Did you give? Do you really trust Kiefer with that, or was there was this pre-planned or any of that stuff? I'm sure people want to know that. I mean, I, I had some ideas that he wanted to pick the barber. Yeah, uh, I he he didn't tell me what bike it was, but there were I kind of knew how it was going to go. And yes, honestly, I do trust Kiefer. I know I kind of joked that I was like, "Oh, I got, I got to trust him a lot." Yeah. I don't, what, yeah. I don't know what bike I'm going to get. I don't know what haircut I'm going to get, and I don't, I don't still, I still don't know what haircut I'm going to get. Uh, but I do trust him. Like I, I do feel like Chris is a friend. I feel like he does, in his mind, have my best interest at heart. Yeah. Um. And so I, I trusted him. Uh, I was a little bummed because I texted him like, "Hey, can I had Brady Bowers texting me? She's like, hey, I." I, guess, I don't know how she knew, but she's like, I cut hair. Like, maybe I could come and do it. And I was like, that'd be cool. Yeah. Let's have a monster girl cut my hair. Yeah. Chris was like, nope. Yeah. I want a greasy barber. So <laughs> Chris wants full control. He's got a control issue. Um, I want to know what you guys think. Though. There's some other things I'll touch on, but I want to know what you think about. He, he said that I have a pre, there's a pre-notion. I think he meant preconceived notion. Right. Of what type of person I would be when you just see me for the first time. Uh, I mean, you've known me a long time, so you're yeah. kind of out on that. But, Kobe, would you agree with that? If you see me with long hair, I don't know if you actually know what I look like, and tattoos, walking up, and a bandana, would you kind of would you feel the same way if you were like a team manager or whatever? Kind of have a preconceived notion of like who this who is this guy? Uh, Be honest, it's not, not, not going to hurt my feelings any. Not really. Um, because my brother, if you might notice on TV, he has a full leg sleeve. Oh yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah, I'm I'm kind of more of a right to free choose, you know. But with an offer like that, you know, you gotta take the where the Miller's haircut, you know. Yeah, and honestly, like Chris said a bunch, he's like, it's 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 a fucking haircut. What does it matter? Well, it is a big deal to me. The hair is a big part of in my mind who I am. It's been that way for a long time. But it was a great offer. Like I, I am certainly not in a position to afford to go buy a new bike without being strapped. So. I kind of felt like, well, I got my 06, and that's what I'm going to have probably for the rest of my life or whatever. It was a great offer. Like, I think it's cool that Chris would do this. I was very excited. He was full of shit that I wasn't excited or that I was angry. I mean, I was sitting in my house 
on my couch with my star my stormtrooper painting behind me. Do you have a shirt on? No, I don't think I did. <laughs> I never have a shirt on when I'm home. But uh, you know, but I was just sitting there in the dark taking my notes and watching. You know, so I mean, but look, I'll be real honest. And I, I tried calling Chris today, and he ghosted me. Like there was a point today where I was kind of like, all right, I'm actually kind of excited almost about the haircut. Yeah, I haven't said that to anybody. So this is breaking news. Breaking news. I'm kind of excited to do something different. I, I mean, I've had a lot of people, Mason, like your dad, a lot of guys like, fuck it, don't cut it. The hair's you know more important to you than just keep it. The, you know, whatever you know. So I've had a, I've had a few, maybe ten people tell me that opposed to the hundreds that say I'm an idiot if I don't take the bike. But I, today it sort of set in. I was like, okay, no, new beginning, starting over. Kind of what Chris was saying. So I, I am excited. Um, I, I did say, you know, I kind of was hoping to get a bike with e-start because I'm old and I don't want to kick a bike anymore. That's the best part. But <laughs> that's not what I'm getting. But I am very excited. I can't wait. I, I do have graphics already on order. Uh, Eric Phipps at Works Connections already got my order of some stuff I want. So I'm ready, dude. I can't wait. Go ahead. Yeah, well, I would like to like to give my condolences to Suzuki for I think they got the <laughs> brunt of all the jokes out of this whole thing. So. Mm-hmm. I'm a Suzuki fan. Yeah, just got rid of one, and like, anyways, like just hearing the and the and then the whole jokes out of all your buddies was you're gonna wind up with a Suzuki, and then you're like, no, I'm not, and then you still didn't get an E Star. Yeah, That's the well, greatest. I knew I wasn't getting a Suzuki, but um, <laughs> I do want to give a thanks to Steve and Chris. I mean, it's yeah. Chris's idea; they're facilitating it all. Can't wait to to do this. I mean, it's I don't I think it's gonna be really weird. And if anybody who listens here that doesn't know him personally, you have been very excited about it. You yeah. have talked, yeah, it's been stoked. But they they played it up way well, more. I played up stuff too, like. But I'm, I'm talking about so, the yeah. unexcited and the mad part that yeah, they yeah. were talking about. But yeah. um, I forget. Oh, I think being sitting there live at a live show behind them while they're doing the show, getting my haircut, would be really awkward. Like maybe I need to go in another room, and like they don't. Nobody wants to watch me get a haircut. Oh, we're gonna watch. I have had people with other suggestions of like, oh, you need to raise money to donate to cancer stuff and give the hair away. But Chris is adamant we're not doing that. But anyway, uh, I think that's enough on that topic. Anybody, either one of you, Mason or Colby, have any other questions or thoughts on my haircut? Uh, not so much the haircut, more the bike. I've got a pretty important question. Okay. Um, what what color steel savers do you want for the new bike? Oh, definitely blue. All right, on the way. All right, man, perfect. Uh, and I have gotten a uh, Kobe. You got anything? No, I'm good. Okay, I have gotten a lot of people message that Mike Healy should be the guy to cut my hair because he's a barber. He actually even responded today, like, "Yeah, I need to do it." But that's all up to Chris, man. I have no control now. It's completely out of my hands. I'm just along for the ride, and probably hanging out with Logan Carr now and A Ray with a new haircut at Anaheim. The chicks better be ready. <laughs> oh my god. It's a whole new dark side. Okay, hey, motorsport.com. Those who ride dirt bikes, motorcycles, ATVs, and UTVs know motorsport is the best place for OEM and aftermarket parts, riding gear, and accessories. Just placed an order for my 06 a couple days ago because of all the shit they're giving me about that picture, which I need to touch on that in a second, too. Motorsport.com's dedicated team of gearheads have the knowledge and expertise to help get your ride working at peak performance and have you looking good, too. Whether you race on the track, ride on the trails, or can be on the street, make your next ride your best ride only at motorsport.com. So, TJ, you do not have Twitter. I went riding at my buddy's place down the road. Yeah. Completely dry, sandy track. Yeah. 06 was running pretty decent for the shape it's in. Yeah. As, um, bike was covered in dust when I got done. The chain 
looked like it was so loose it was going about to fall off. But it was not like that when I started riding. It just stretched, I guess. I don't know. But everyone's like, oh, your bike's so roached. Dude, it's got literally brand new plastic on it from a Cherubis. That bike has been rode three or four times with that plastic. That chain's only been on the bike like maybe two rides. The bike hasn't been rode in years. Yeah. Uh, I did put the OEM wheels back on. Somebody said your wheels are roached. Those wheels got rode on probably twice before I put the aftermarket it wheels on. It was just the dust? Yeah, they were just dirty. Yeah. It had a Starcross 5 on the front, and whatever the stock tire was was still on the rear. A bridge Because stone. that tire has almost never been used, and I just haven't had a chance to put my Starcross 5 on the rear. But people were like, oh, that bike's so trashed. I'm like, this bike is fast as shit. It just looks dirty. Sorry. So, anyway, to all you guys hating on my 06, fuck you. My 06 is rad. It's a good bike. Yeah. Okay. I just don't want to get cussed at, so I'm going to agree with you. Yeah, you're not going to get cussed at. That was it. Um, (laughs) Okay, rants are done. Let's see. I lost track of where I went. Okay, a couple little more, few more topics before we go. The X-Brand tear-offs had a question. TJ, I'll go to you first. Bare knuckle fight, A-Ray or Cade? A-Ray. Colby. Cade. Mason. You there, Mason? Sorry, I had you muted. I got to go with A-Ray. Okay, so two for... He's just bigger. Just bigger. I'm going Cade. So we're tied. I don't know what the tiebreaker is. There is no tiebreaker. I'm going Cade. Move it on. Uh, And I do agree with him that Sarah would probably kick both her asses. Fair enough. And Sarah's not like a big burly chick. She's just a a fucking military chick. She's badass. She runs the ship. She's cool. Um... Favorite off-season switch, Colby? Uh, Tomac to Yamaha. Okay. Mason? Anderson to Cowie. That's mine. TJ? Um, I've got to say that A-Ray and Kate on the same team. That was Steve's, I think. Oh, was it? I think so, yeah. I, I missed it. Yep, yep. yep. Uh, okay, the other topic where they really kind of got into it was the amateur stuff. And then Steve was, you know, like, I don't know that Hayden Deegan sells gear, what do you think, Mason? In a topic like that, you know, the amateur stuff, we can touch on it if you want, but I'm really more curious about whether you think a kid like Hayden, who has huge, huge social media following, sells product that he promotes. I absolutely think that somebody like Hayden Deegan is going to be pushing product. Um, I don't know how much bikes or gear necessarily, but I think it's obviously within their own Deegan brand yeah. um, is going to be what's going to be moving the most. I think that Brian and Hagen, Hayden have done an, an excellent job of promoting themselves and building this, I guess, for lack of a better word, enterprise um, of their, their own name and their yeah. family. And, and I think it's really cool seeing, you know, Hayden improve and get better in this move to star. I'm excited to see what he does. Um, I think uh, I think they definitely will sell uh, Yamahas. I think they'll sell some gear. I think they'll sell some merchandise. Uh, I think it was a good move all the way around. Yeah, Kobe, like, I don't, I think Steve made a point. I don't know if it was on Monday show or in the past, but I feel like he said, like, these kids that are already racing the amateur scene, maybe not so much those kids, right? Kids that are racing all the time, maybe they have a little support from the local shop. But the just the average kid that lives in, you know, Motoville, Iowa, or whatever, they just ride on the weekends. These kids are, like, looking up to Hayden. They're going, that kid's cool. I, mom, dad, if I'm getting a new, new gear for Christmas, I want the gear Hayden wears. I want to be on the bike that Hayden rides or, or rider D or whoever they're a fan of. Just like when I was a kid, you know, I wanted a Honda because I like McGrath. I wanted the Cinecelo gear. I wanted the Axo gear, whatever. 
Uh, you know, that's kind of what kids do. So uh, I think in, I think in some circumstances with certain groups or types of riders, I do think a rider like Hayden uh, with that kind of following definitely moves product. For sure, because even on the racer TV broadcast at Loretta's, you could visibly see that every time he was on the racetrack, the fences were completely lined with people waiting to see what would happen with him and how good he would do. And with a million subscribers plus on YouTube and Hayden has almost a million followers on Instagram, it'd be crazy to think that he's not pushing a good amount of product, you know? Yeah. Um, TJ, what about the other discussion of, with amateur stuff and what teams should do with the elite kids versus the not so elite kids? Who were you at on all that? Well, on, honestly, you have a few elite kids. Yeah, there's not that, very many. Yeah, and those kids, like, like you said, you have them signed in. I understand that, but the other kids that they're that they're gambling on, the other teams have to gamble on those kids. They have to sign them, and if they don't, let's say like, why like, do they have to sign them? Because if they don't, somebody else will. Is well, I think that's I, Steve's point. They shouldn't until they're proven. But you, but you don't know because you look at some of the kids that okay, look at Alessi, and you look at Villapoto. Villapoto came in as the second tier. We got to sign somebody kid. He was winning, but if you look at their stats as amateurs, Alessi should have just run the board as a pro. Okay, and Villapoto was that that next level kid. But at at the amateur level, should Villapoto have been signed and been making hundreds of thousands of dollars, or should they have waited until he became what he became? Well, that he may not have been able to have the chance to become what he became on if Alessi would have got the top level bike, and you would have put like like if you would have put Villapoto on Bar X or something like that. Like now, a team of now's competitive, that's nothing what can Star can do. You know what I mean? Even though that bike's good, it's not a Star bike. Yeah, and they mentioned they mentioned how like, different the bikes are. Like exactly, how it's not even- and so. So you don't know. So they see what the kids can do, and I've watched it over many years of of watching kids come up and go into all these amateur races. Some of these kids who were not on the best bike, and now you look at, like, Dylan Schwartz. He came in, and he he had offers to go to some of the bigger teams and stuck with the Suzuki deal because they helped him out. But he was one of those kids that could have been signed to a bigger pro team, if I will now, you know. So I agree with, with him. Okay. Mason, you got any thoughts on it? Um, a couple different ones. I think that from, I guess, a marketing perspective, having that second or place, you know, second or place, uh, second or third place guy is not necessarily a bad thing. Um, whether that works out in the pros or not, uh, is a different story, but you know, there's gotta be it, like uh, TJ said, if, if, you know, star doesn't do it or Cali doesn't do it, someone's going to do it. So, uh, to go out there and reach for somebody and kind of throw all your resources at that second or third place guy. Um, is not necessarily, in my opinion, a bad idea. Um, I do think there's a little bit too much money thrown at some of these guys, but uh, that's kind of its own different story. Yeah, well, okay, so taking that that topic or that uh, point, Colby, do you think with what Steve says, maybe they should they should take some of that money and put it towards a guy that's a vet that's been around that, and give them some more money, you know, a Kyle Chisholm or, you know, an Amart or whatever? Yeah, um, even a guy like Joe Shimoda, who is just a fill-in rider, who is the, probably one of the best riders on the 250 line this year, who is pretty much racing for bonuses yeah. while 
you have a 15 year old who's getting paid hundreds of thousands of dollars who hasn't proved anything yet, you know? Yeah. I think that's Steve's point. So yeah. All right. Good point. Um, okay. For me, that is it for episode 480. I want to thank motorsport.com guts racing, seal savers and Michelin bicycle tires, as well as all the older other pulp MX sponsors. All you got to go do is go to pulpmxshow.com, Click on the sponsor deals tab. There are links and discount codes and again, with some of the sponsors, if you don't see a discount code, contest at pulpamexshow.com. Send an email to Steve, and if he can, he'll help you out. He does it all the time. Uh, I My email, darkside at pulpamex.com. If you have any questions, comments, uh, anything you don't like. like I, I would like to get some hate email to discuss on this wrap-up show about the wrap-up show. So send me some emails. Don't make the shit up, obviously. But yeah, give me some thoughts. Give me some. I know you guys are listening. Damn it. It's the best pulp wrap up show on the. It, there is a moto, right, TJ? I mean, I think it's I think? at least the at least the second best. Okay, all right, I'll take that. Um, all right. Anyway, Colby, <laughs> uh, anything else that you'd like to talk about that we did not touch on? Um, no, I think we're good. Okay, Mason, I know you had some notes. Uh, anything that I didn't catch that you want to cover? No, uh, I think you covered everything I had uh, jotted down, so I just appreciate you having me on. Awesome. TJ, no, I don't care. No, go ahead. Now, how did you uh, not take notes that people didn't know where the dark side came from? Oh, yeah, Kay did. I, I don't know. There, a lot of people don't think about Star Wars the way I do, so it's just not part of their... I guess just knowing you and seeing that over half of your tattoos are like that's, Star Wars tattoos? That's inaccurate, but okay. Okay, okay. I mean, maybe Three quarters not, of them, okay. Maybe it's not. It might be, you might be right. <laughs> um, okay, I just, like, yeah. I was blown away. I didn't... And I do want to clarify the painting that Steve... That was a custom painting by a friend of mine that she painted. It's actually really cool. It's badass. It's like a Stormtrooper helmet. Dumb, on a, but it's actually really dumb. cool. It's a cool painting. It's, it's a custom a painting. painting. It's it's not something stupid. I mean, there's some stupid Star Wars but, stuff in my house, but post, you couldn't see Post it up on your Instagram. I, I can do that, yeah. yeah right know. on. Okay, well, I guess other than that, uh, thanks, Steve Mathis, for allowing the show to continue. Mason, thanks for coming on. Colby, appreciate you guys. That is a wrap for Episode 480. We are out. Why would you want to re-talk about the Pulp Show? Say all.